Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? In this video, I'm going to be going through some of my buy low and sell high players going into week 12 of the NFL season. While you guys are watching, if you're enjoying the content, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. And then if you guys have any fantasy questions, you can drop them down below in the comment section. It could be trade advice, waiver wire questions, start sits, anything fantasy related. If you ask it down below, I will get back to you. But let's get into some of my buy low players. And it's kind of interesting because three of the guys that I have here were players that I was not super high on coming into the season, two of which I think I was kind of correct on. One, I definitely was not. The first guy that I'm going to talk about is Miles Sanders. And I strongly disliked him coming into the season just because I thought he was being drafted too early when this Eagles offense was lined up for a running back by committee. You had Gainwell there, Howard, Boston Scott, and this Eagles offense is a committee. So I do feel like I kind of called that one correctly, but I do think right now after his injury and you know, a game where he didn't put up massive fantasy numbers, I think Miles Sanders value is low enough where you can go out and acquire him right now, because even though it's a committee, it's still a committee that is going to be running the ball a ton. We saw the Eagles make a major shift in their offense actually right after Miles Sanders went down and got put on IR. I believe it started in a game against the Lions, but the last four games, the Eagles running backs have averaged 30.8 carries per game, which is very, very high. There's a lot of opportunities going around to the running backs. And this Sunday, we saw Miles Sanders play his first game coming off of the IR. He saw 16 carries, which led all their running backs. And this is also in a game where he fumbled. So he messed up. They still continued to give him the ball. And I'm just going to break down kind of how I view this committee rest of season. So I think you're going to have two main backs. It's going to be Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard. We saw Jordan Howard out-touch Boston Scott, even though they were kind of like a one-two punch with Sanders out. Now that Sanders is back, Howard definitely looked like the RB2. I think you're going to see Sanders get more carries than Howard, but it's going to be split between those two. Then I think you're going to see Sanders get the receiving work. Is it going to be a ton of receiving work? Probably not, but at least it's not going to be like what it was early in the season where you actually had Kenneth Gainwell as the receiving back and Miles Sanders was kind of phased out of that role. Now Gainwell has been phased out, so I think Sanders can reclaim that work. You're probably going to have Jordan Howard taking their goal line carries, but you're also going to have Jalen Hurts in there vulturing some touchdowns from the running backs, which isn't ideal, but I think it's something you can live with, especially when it's not really a role that you're expecting Miles Sanders to take over. And so looking at rest of season value, I truly believe that Miles Sanders can operate as like a mid-tier fantasy RB2 with this Eagles current offense. And looking at the current running back landscape, I just don't think there are a lot of guys you can go out and target for a reasonable price. I think Sanders could be one of those guys because he has been injured, came back, you know, actually ran the ball fairly well, but didn't put together, you know, a top-notch fantasy day just because he didn't get into the end zone. So if you're someone who's kind of struggling at running back, maybe you have one solid guy, you need someone to slide in as your RB2, I think Miles Sanders could totally be a suitable replacement in your lineup. Now let's move over to Michael Pittman. He was the guy that I mentioned that I wasn't low on. You know, I didn't hate him in the offseason, but I didn't end up with him on any of my teams. He just wasn't a late round wide receiver option that I really loved, but he is definitely the guy who has proved me wrong. You know, typically wide receivers who don't really ball out year one, they kind of flop. They don't really have a major breakout in year two, 
Michael Pittman has totally had a breakout this season. I feel like there's like this range of players who play like studs and put up stud numbers, but there's still guys who can be traded for just because they're not household names. I feel like Michael Pittman definitely falls into that category. If he was someone who had been putting up this production year after year after year, it would be very hard to make a trade for him. But since this is really his first year producing at this level, I do think you can get him for a reasonable price. And really the only thing that could potentially hold Michael Pittman back is just how dominant Jonathan Taylor is. That's really why he's a buy low this week. Only brought in two receptions for 23 yards here in week 11. But I mean, that kind of makes sense when you look and you see the Colts only threw for 106 passing yards. So obviously you're not going to be supporting your wide receivers on that kind of passing volume. But still, even after that game, Michael Pittman is averaging 14.8 PPR points per game. That is a locked in solid wide receiver to play. And overall, I just think he's a very well-rounded fantasy option. He's a guy who has a very safe weekly floor. He's put up double digit points in eight of his 11 games but he's also someone who could go out and win you weeks. His ceiling is fairly high. He's gone over 20 points four times. He also has a game over 30 points. And honestly, typically when you're looking at wide receivers, you want them to play against you know weaker defenses because the points are gonna be there. But it's kind of been the opposite for a guy like Michael Pittman. He's had his biggest performances over some very competent teams. And I think it kind of makes sense when you look at what Jonathan Taylor has done against bad teams. If the Colts get a lead, it is just going to turn into a Jonathan Taylor takeover, but you can't exactly do that if it's a super tight game. He's not going to go out and carry the ball 30 plus times like we saw him do this week. And the Colts actually play some fairly competent teams moving forward, finishing out the season. They have the Buccaneers next week. That defense isn't great, but the Bucs offense is definitely going to keep them in that game. So it's going to be more of a neutral game script, if not probably more pass heavy. If the Bucs are ahead, then they have the Texans which is definitely the one exception. Jonathan Taylor's probably going to rush for like 200 yards in that game, Derrick Henry style. Then they have a bye, but then you've got the Patriots, Cardinals, and Raiders. Those are all fairly competitive teams. So I think Michael Pittman is a great option to trade for right now. A solid wide receiver too in your lineup rest of season, but someone who has a reasonable price tag just because he's not, you know, an established big time fantasy name like some of the guys, you know, who are producing in that same level. And now we have a running back for a buy low, and it is Josh Jacobs. I was so off of Josh Jacobs this offseason. I feel like I was pretty right about it also. I mean, I have zero shares of him on any of my teams. Coming into the season, I thought he was too touchdown dependent, which I think he is a little bit touchdown dependent still, and that I didn't like the fact that Kenyon Drake was brought in. I feel like you're looking at a guy who relies on touchdowns to get into the end zone. Now you have a running back competing with touches. He already didn't have a ton of receiving work. And then you bring in a guy who's probably going to be the receiving back. So those were kind of the reasons why I faded Josh Jacobs, but he's actually started to see an increased role in the receiving game. He's averaging four targets per game, which is definitely enough to support him for fantasy. And then 5.3 targets per game in the last few weeks. I just feel like it's something that hasn't been heavily talked about. You know, you just don't hear a lot about Josh Jacobs in the fantasy community. And the reason why he's a buy low right now is because he has not gotten into the end zone since week seven. And so the last three weeks, he's been averaging 11.1 PPR points per game, which doesn't seem that terrible. Obviously, if you have him in your lineup and you're not picking up on the fact that he hasn't been getting into the end zone, you know, 11.1 points per game is not what you want to see from Josh Jacobs. But this is a floor that we have not seen from him yet. You know, when game three wasn't throwing touchdowns, 
he was almost a lock to finish with under double digit points. That is not the case anymore. And so kind of like Miles Sanders, I think he's a solid RB2 option moving forward and is someone who can be bought at a reasonable price because I don't think his reputation is all that great right now. His production hasn't been top tier. Like I mentioned, if you need an RB2, I feel like players like Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders are guys you can go out and acquire. And then the next player here, it's actually not one player. It's going to be two players. It's Aaron Jones and Kareem Hunt. And this is specifically for teams who have locked up their spot in the playoffs. You're looking at your record, you know, after today, what are we 11 weeks in? So maybe you're 10 and one, 11 and 0, 9 and 2, even 8 and 3. I mean, potentially even 7 and 4, depending on your, you know, playoff structure in terms of how many teams make the playoffs. This is the time to go out and acquire injured assets from teams who need to win now. So, you know, if you have a team in your league who's struggling, they need to rack up some wins to get into the playoffs. Aaron Jones and Kareem Hunt are doing literally zero for them right now. They could trade players to get those guys off their rosters and try to get into that playoff race. Those guys are not going to help them do that. Personally, I'd expect both of these guys to be back within the next two weeks. You know, maybe that's a little bit optimistic, but you should definitely have them back in time for the playoffs. So for a guy like Aaron Jones, I'd really be fine trading any kind of like low to mid-end RB2. Everyone, please keep in mind that this is for playoff bound teams. So if you're someone who needs to go out and win the next few weeks, do not be trading, you know, your solid startable assets for Aaron Jones or Kareem Hunt. But then for a guy like Kareem Hunt, I'd be fine moving like my bottom tier RB2 options. You know, these teams may not go for it. They may, you know, be attached to their top tier players, but it's worth a shot because some people will just go all out to try to make the playoffs. And then I actually only have one sell high player this week. I just didn't think there were a ton of, you know, overachieving players who I really wanted to move on from. So the one guy I have here is Zach Ertz. And this overall video has been fairly weird because like I mentioned, three of the guys I talked about as sell highs were players that I really was not, you know, a fan of coming into the season. Zach Ertz was someone that I really loved at the tight end position. I feel fairly vindicated on that call because I mean, Zach Ertz was being ranked as like a mid-20s tight end for fantasy, which I always thought was pretty crazy. But he went out, had a massive game this week, eight receptions for 88 yards and two touchdowns. And that was with Colt McCoy at quarterback. So they didn't even have their QB1 in Kyler. That's 28.8 PPR points. So just a massive, massive performance from Zach Ertz. I think he's still someone who's going to be like a borderline tight end one. He's probably like a low end tight end one rest of season. But if someone is going to go out and overreact to this massive game, I would totally capitalize on that. A lot of the reason why I liked Zach Ertz was that we know he's had that top tier production in years past. And if he does anything, people are just going to jump onto that name value. They're going to remember how good he was, you know, with the Eagles, and they're going to want to require him. So I feel like this is a good spot to trade him. You know, if people aren't giving you the value you deserve and you feel like, you know, they're not going to give you low end tight end one value or better in return, then hold on to him. But just something to throw out there because this was a huge performance from Zach Ertz. But that is going to wrap it up for my buy low and sell high players. If you guys enjoyed this video, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Ask me any questions down below in the comment section. And if you have not seen my waiver wire target video, go check that out. It is already up on my channel. But thank you guys so much for stopping by and I'll see you next time.